Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to their dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Hi, all. Today, we'll be chatting with Eileen and Gary Modica, who moved to Luca, Italy from Phoenix, Arizona. So Luca is in the Tuscany region of Italy and is cited as the hidden gem. It's a city and commune located in central Italy near the Ligurian Sea. It has a population of approximately 88,000, while its province has a population of 383,957. The city is famous for its well-preserved historic center and Renaissance-era city walls, which makes it an Italian città d'arte. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Notable landmarks in Lucca include the Piazza del Anfiteatro, which dates back to the first century AD, and the Gunigi Tower, a 45-minute tall tower that was built in the 1300s. Additionally, Luca is the birthplace of several world-class composers, including Giacomo Puccini, which I think everyone knows, Alfredo Catalani, and Luigi Boccherini. I'm trying my best Brooklyn Italian <laughs> accent. <laughs> Interesting piece of info that I found during our research of Luca, amongst many, by the way, this is such an interesting place. Luca was a meeting place for Julius Caesar and Marcus Crassus, another military leader. Crassus was rumored to have died by having molten gold pour down his throat as a sign of greed. Of course, I then had to Google this further, and one article cited that it's actually the steam that kills you, not the gold. 
Uh, <laughs> either way, what a way to go. In fact, this was weaved into season one in Game of Thrones when a character had molten gold poured over his head. I can go on, but I will leave that to another day. Jean? Eileen was born and raised in Long Island, New York. After high school, she worked mostly as an administrative assistant and spent seven years as a principal's secretary at Paradise Valley United School District. While technically not working anymore, she considers running their award-winning blog and social media to be a full-time job. Her hobbies include quilting and reading. Gary was born and raised in Queens, New York. Following high school, he first worked in the electronics industry and then the golf industry. He's now retired and enjoying wine and cooking. Nice. Eileen and Gary are the authors of two memoirs, Our Italian Journey, and the second is When Your Heart Finds Its Home. And for much more information, check out the couple's award-winning blog at ouritalianjourney.com. Welcome to Retire There, Gary and Eileen. How did two kids from Queens and Long Island, or I say Long Island, wind up in Luca, Italy? Share with us how you made the journey from Arizona. I'll let Gary tell it since that's his ancestry. Coming to Luca was, it just seemed a natural thing for us. We both fell in love with it. Getting citizenship was key to this whole adventure. Uh, since my grandfather never claimed citizenship in America, uh, it was a lot easier for me to go through my my bloodline and prove I'm still Italian. Sicily was, was in my future, but not Eileen's. <laughs> It would be a lot harder to get along in Sicily for her because the language barrier there, not as much English spoken. Uh, so it would have been a tougher a tougher deal for the both of us, really. Our main goal and my main goal was to bring my family name back to Italy. Uh -huh. And that was very important for me, especially back to the town where my grandfather was born. Now, Luca. We've been to Luca several times. It always seemed like a beautiful city, similar to Florence in Renaissance history and history in general, but smaller. And that's what appealed to us. Uh, there's a great train line here. The city is flat, so riding bicycles is very easy. And that's how we get a lot, you know, we get around a lot. It, it just seemed to, to check off all the marks that we had just Fell into line for the both of us, I guess. I love it here. I couldn't see living in another town in Italy right now. Not to say that won't change, especially if a vineyard came along, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, I would say that, uh, yes, Luca was uh, the final choice, but it was not the first choice. We actually spent 2019 traveling throughout Italy looking for our perfect Italian town. Once we obtained our citizenship, it was a promise we made to one another to, to take a year, uh, leave family and friends, and find our perfect town. And so we traveled Italy, planning as we went. Nothing was planned ahead of time, basically, mm -hmm. and wound up writing that first book, Our Italian Journey. Uh, we actually wrote it as we traveled. So it wow. was... Difficult because it was in the present tense, which is not an easy way to write. <laughs> uh, no. But uh, yes, our last town in 2019 happened to be Luca. It also happened to be rain like every day we were here, except for maybe <laughs> three. And yet we still chose it. It's, it's a little bizarre. What were the other contenders? Uh, Arezzo was number one on her list. Uh, it wasn't on my list because it was up. It's a hill town. 
Mm-hmm. So the, the Centro Storico, the center area, is up the hill from the train station. And when you tra- and, and the only shopping, the, the main uh, supermarket is down by the train station. You're going to be traveling uphill carrying <laughs> bottles of wine, bottles of water. You know, and, right. and then you had to go two stories up in the apartment oh. to get to our apartment. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Conversano in Puglia. Yes. Uh, spoke to us. Love that area. Love the wine, the bread. There's there's certain criteria. Wine and bread is. <laughs> no, yeah. Big- we keep hearing that. Verona was another another choice that we could have we could have made. It's also a very easy city to get around and beautiful. So those were some of the top contenders. Okay. Now, Gary, where was your grandfather born? My grandfather was born in a town called Licodia Eubea in Sicily, oh. which is in the province of Catania, right above Modica, which is our surname. Oh, nice. Very interesting. So you didn't choose Modica. <laughs> well, again, again, Sicily wasn't chosen because of the lack of, of English yeah. spoken there. You know, had had we understood Italian a lot better, Sicily probably would have been a very big contender, okay. in all honesty. Uh, and Modica probably would have been one of the one of the main contenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you want to bring that name forth again. <laughs> so you yes. got to make sure that you let the Sicilians know that you guys <laughs> are just a little further up the boat. <laughs> and yes. Eileen, is your ancestry also heritage Italian? Not at all. <laughs> in ah. fact, I'm, I don't think I have any Italian in me. <laughs> Yes, my my last name Blessing is actually German, uh, German descent, and my mother was born in Newfoundland in Canada. All right, so that sounds wonderful. Can you tell us, amongst the other competing cities and towns that you had mentioned, did you find Luca to be reasonably affordable? Because that's what we have read, and that's why it has become this hidden gem in all these stories that we've seen. Well, I, I keep a, a monthly balance sheet, if you will, on what things cost us. And surprisingly, there's very little difference in everyday cost of living, food, you know, groceries, all that stuff. No matter what town you go to, one wasn't noticeably cheaper than the other, but it is noticeably cheaper than the United States. A lot cheaper. Compared to Long Island, New York area or Phoenix, Arizona? Compared to either, especially New York, I would I would assume would be more. But we I compared it to what, what our normal bills were in Arizona. And I oh. find that it's it's a lot cheaper living here than it was there. Okay. What what about real estate? Isn't that less expensive in Luca? Tuscany, no matter where you're gonna go, is slightly more expensive than almost anywhere else in Italy. Uh Luca, you know, it it's got the cheap properties and and the most really expensive properties. It depends on what you're looking for and whether you want to renovate or whether you want something, you know, turnkey. So do you rent or did you purchase a place? We're renting right now. Tell us more about that. How did you find your apartment? What is the range or the cost? Uh, We found the apartment. We hired a real estate agent, but they were showing us things that they wanted us to take. Uh. Hmm. Okay. So (laughs) I spent one whole day on the computer uh, between Casa.it, Idealista.it, and Immobiliare IT looking at apartments. I sent them a list of about 20, 24 apartments. Two days later, we heard back saying only a third of what you want to look at is available. We'll start scheduling. This apartment was the second one they showed us 
one on a specific day, the showings stopped there, period. Mm. So, uh, it was a one bedroom, one bath. We really would have liked to have two bedrooms, two bath, but it has a 340 square foot terrazza. Which is wow. very unusual in Centro, in, uh, yeah. city center okay. in Luca. Okay. So that allowed me to have my barbecue, a pizza oven. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Furniture. It's a whole nother room. So, you know, I would have preferred a little bit more modern. We have a very traditional apartment. It has the original Lucchese tile, which is about 600 years old. So the, wow. the floors are cold and they're all different <laughs> patterns. It's a little, you know, mind blowing when you're trying to decorate. Um, <laughs> the windows, unfortunately, are single pane. So presents a problem in the winter for us. And they might even be the original windows that, that came so. in this place 600 years ago. I oh think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we really did want that two bedroom, two bath. When we saw that terrazza, it was incredible. We furnished a little bit extra with Ikea, as it's called here, Ikea (laughs) back in the States. (laughs) That's what I thought. So we went to Ikea and got some cabinetry to help with the kitchen because it was sparse. It was very sparse. But that terrazza made it different for us. And so here we are. We are very lucky. One of the lowest rents here in Centro, we pay 650 euro a month, and that's including the 50 euro condo fee. Wow. So we do have a loger in the center, you know, downstairs. We are on the Primo piano, which is first floor. And so in they come every week and, you know, mop and clean and we keep our bicycles downstairs and that's the condo fee part of it. But we pay our own utilities and everything, which you have to watch in Europe. It's um, electric is high, gas, not so much, not water, but we're very lucky where we have one of the lowest rents and one of the biggest terrazzas. So as of today, the uh, euro is a dollar and eight cents in the United States. So we're pretty much on par. So it's good for our conversation. Okay, Gary, I interrupted you. Sorry. We came all the way to Italy to have a gas and electric company that we had on Long Island. We have Edison Gas and Electric. No. <laughs> oh, my. Which is part of Con Ed, which who would have thought? Um, it's, it's really the same? It's owned by Con Ed, yes. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Did you know they were an international company? I had no clue. Huh. I worked but, for them one but, summer. But it's interesting. <laughs> our, our listeners can't see this. The ceiling in the apartment is just beautiful. Yes, it's amazing. There's, there's long wooden beams and tremendous closet in the back there, which takes up three quarters of the width of the room, I guess, <laughs> and goes up to the ceiling. So that's the original woodwork, you think? Yes, that is gorgeous. part of that uh, original that was here. Actually, the room that we're in actually belong to the apartment next door to us. Their, I should say, their apartment is completely frescoed like this is. Okay. This apartment used to be the servants' quarters for this palazzo. Oh. So really, it only had a living room, the kitchen, and the small bathroom that's still there. <laughs> and this bedroom was added on a couple of hundred years ago and taken from their apartment to make it a one-bedroom apartment. Yes, our bedroom has has beautiful frescoed ceiling, but only problem is that they only filled in the doorways. So we can hear them 
like we were in their apartment because <laughs> technically we are. They never thought yeah. to put insulation now that it's two separate apartments. Okay. Uh, so okay. when they throw a party, as we I think wrote about in in book two, you know, we we feel like we've been invited and and we <laughs> should check on drinks and you know uh, it's and when our neighbor plays the piano playing in our bedroom, so. <laughs> <laughs> It's a part of apartment living in a 600-year-old oh, building yes. that well, makes yeah. it um, unique and interesting. Okay, yeah. unique. And I hope he plays like romantic tunes. In the oh, evening. he does play well. It's not <laughs> chopsticks by any means. So. <laughs> and you said you pay, you pay about six fifty for a one-bedroom, and that's on the low end in the center city of Luca. What do you think you get a two-bedroom for on the low end? Our friends pay anywhere a thousand nine hundred, a thousand. 1200 that's pretty much the norm um it depends it depends on how big it is okay and in italy they measure by square meter and not square foot right so for example our apartment is about roughly 65 square meters 700 square feet if you get a small two-bedroom about 80 or 90 square meters, you'll probably pay, pay somewhere in a $900 range. If you get 120 square meters or 140 square meters, you're going to be looking upwards of a hundred of, of 1200 to 1500 euro. And did they make you sign a lease? Is it a one year or? Actually, leases in, in long-term leases in Italy, uh, there are two. There's a three plus two or a four plus four. We have a three plus two. And that basically means we're guaranteed to stay here for three years. Our uh, landlord can't get us out no matter what he wants to do. Or raise the rent. Or raise the rent. Uh, but after the three years, only if he has a relative that needs the property can he ask us to leave. Otherwise, we're here for two more years. And again, he can't raise the rent. He can't wow. change any of the agreements. The beauty of Italy is uh, the state is for the renter. Mm -hmm. Okay, us, I should say. So we can give 90 days notice and go anytime we want. Wow. We wow. cannot get us out for the, for the three or five years. Wow. In our contract, it's 90 days notice, written notice okay. that we want to leave. I think our friends have 90 days also. Yeah. But it, it varies, you know, how it's stated. Yeah, we can, if we find something else, 90 days notice, we can leave anytime. It's so good to know. And Gary, you said you, you compiled a list online of apartments available and you sent it to someone. Who, who'd you send it to? I sent it to the real estate that we first contacted to help us find an apartment. Okay. And, you know, I said to him, look, you know, you haven't been showing us what we want. Here's a list of what we want to look at. Because they were showing us two bedroom, two bath, which yes, that's what we asked for, but no outdoor space. And that was a prerequisite for us. It became one, yeah. The other things were, a lot of them were three-story walk-up and we're not getting any younger. So we did not <laughs> want to climb 60 steps. Aye. If it had a lift, which is an elevator, we would absolutely consider being on a higher floor. Oh yeah. But that's hard to find in... In sure. the historic center. So you're in the city center. Yes. Okay. Yep. Perfect. We're within the what's called Le Miura, which is uh the wall, the Renaissance wall that surrounds Luca. Right. It is absolutely 
beautiful beyond words. Uh, we ride our bikes along it. It's two and a half miles around. Two and a half miles around, yeah. Nice. It's beautifully preserved. People will take passeggiata and do the evening walk on there. They ride bicycles. They do yoga. They do, we do yoga. Aww. They have flower shows up there. They, I mean, parades. It's really quite unique and quite beautiful to see. So living inside the wall is definitely different than living outside the wall. You see, outside the wall, you're considered a straneri, which is a stranger. Inside the wall, you're considered a Lucchese, oh. which is a citizen. <laughs> wow. Yes. It's odd because they're not strangers out there. No, but... there's Lucchese's that live <laughs> out there. Yes. When they come into the wall, I guess they're wearing the big red W and uh, <laughs> with the scarlet letter. Can you talk to us about houses? Do you know the price of houses? On the low end. Low end, uh, well, again, do you want low end completed or do you want low end to renovate? Because there's uh, a big difference there. Okay, tell us both. Okay, low end to renovate, you can, pro and again, depending on the size, you can probably find something starting in the 50,000 euro rate. For how how and, big is the house, would you say? Uh, it's probably going to be about 90 square meters. It's probably going to be about five total rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, and it may or may not have outdoor space. Ah. If it's got a terrazzo, it's not going to be that cheap. Okay. Right. So that's, what is that, a one bedroom, five rooms or two bedrooms? Uh, it could be a two bedroom, usually one bath, kitchen, living room, and a spare room, which you might use as a utility room, laundry room, whatever. Okay. So not a guest room or anything. No. And that's basically uh, an apartment you're purchasing, correct? Yes. You're you're a lot of apartments here. There aren't that many freestanding buildings inside mm -hmm. the wall. They're outside right. the wall, but mm -hmm. not inside. Okay. And I think every house, individual standing house that's inside the wall is definitely been made into a condo of some sort. Yeah. I don't I don't know of any other than some of the villas. We do have a, a couple of uh, villas inside the wall. I don't think any apartments are just one purse housing. Yeah, there are some. Okay. I've seen them on there, but very few and far, you know, few and far between, really. Interesting. So everyone's kind of a city dweller once you're in the wall. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. interesting. Okay. So what about a home that fully renovated? Fully renovated, low end, you're probably looking at, oh, 175,000 euro. Hmm. And that can go up to millions. I was going to say, you're being reasonable. There are, there are some. <laughs> Beautiful. There are some beautiful apartments in the villas that, you know, when I look at them, they're 1.5 million, 2.5 uh, yeah. million. It uh, depends on how exquisite you want to get. But they're well done. But they're, they're, they're all, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're well done. When you mentioned earlier about the utilities, give us a, an idea. We we understand that it's less than the United States, but what are we, what are we truly saying in terms of numbers, if you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, we just, we just got our electric bill and our heating bill. Uh, gas bill, which are the two biggest. But so for the month of December and January, our electric cost us $119 and change for both months. So oh. divide that by two. Nice. Our heating bill, which we are pleasantly surprised, uh, was only 341 euro for the two months. And I say pleasantly surprised because when we had a different gas company, we had a $309 bill one month and a $430 bill one month. I'll take the $341 all winter long. 
long. That's fine with me. We're kind of conservative. You know, if we're chilly, we'll put on a, a jacket, not a, a coat, but a, you know, a sweatshirt before we turn on the heat. I mean, that's everybody is very conscious of that here and being reasonable with your utilities. How cold does it get that you need it? Uh, you want it in Celsius or in, in Fahrenheit? Uh, preferably <laughs> the latter, if you have. <laughs> okay. It, it'll get below freezing uh, 24, 20 degrees Fahrenheit in the winter. It can. It's roughly, if you ask me what the average winter day is, I'm going to tell you it's 40 during the night and maybe 48 during the 50 during the day. Ah. Oh, okay. That's pretty not, chilly. Not this yeah. winter has been cold and rainy. And if we had moved here right from living in New York, it would have been an easier adjustment. But after living 32 years in <laughs> beautiful, sunny, dry Arizona, <laughs> it, I, I've been very, very cold here. It's They yeah. they make fun of me with my scarf and my hat. and oh, Yeah, it, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a damp chill. Okay. How many months of the year is it winter? Three. Realistically, oh. three. Okay. November, year... December, January, February was pretty mild this year. And mild is what, 50? 50, okay. 55 during the day, 45 at night. Okay. And then the rest of the year is what, like spring kind of summer weather? Well, you actually have your four seasons here. Ah, yes. okay. Okay. So, you know, we do get a beautiful spring. We do get a hot and muggy Ooh. summer mm-hmm. and we do have a beautiful fall. Actually, if you looked at the temperatures here and you check it to the temperatures, what would you say in New York? They're almost pretty much the same. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't oh, know. Wow. It's the latitude, isn't it? That except yeah, New yeah. York gets gets more severe winters than we get. Well, not anymore. See, I guess with everybody complains <laughs> about the heat here uh, in July and August um, because it, it is hot. But for us coming from Arizona, it wasn't yes. as, it's not as bad for us. It, uh-huh. it is humid, I will say, different. You know, it's um, not that dry heat that we're used to. <laughs> sure. But uh, for us, the, the summers aren't bad at all. Okay. So and, yeah, and our you friends had... are melting in the summer here when it's 94 degrees. Oy. And we're just, we're just saying, you know, you got to be kidding. This is, this, <laughs> this is beautiful. Oh my God. I'd be melting. Is there air conditioning? included? It, it is. Yes. We do have two air conditioners in our apartment. Okay. Most places will have it. Most Italians won't use it. They feel that that is not healthy for you. Just like they don't like drafts. You'll see everyone wear a scarf, a lighter scarf, but a scarf in the summertime. You you don't want to get the draft. That's a that's a superstition. Um, <laughs> Interesting. But- so it's not just a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. let's, what about talking about how what about taxes? You know, you said you checked out Puglia, which has, you, you can move into one of those towns that has a 7% tax. Are taxes really high? We, high they, we hear they are high in Italy. Uh, the first tax rate is 23%. Wow. Yeah. Hi. So uh, you do get an $8,000 per person deduction, but you're still paying 23% instead of, you know, like in the States, that what's the first one, 15%. But but that's being looked at right now by our, our new prime minister. Thank oh. goodness. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, believe people, it or not, she wants to reduce it. Wow, that's wow. amazing. How long have you been there? I forget to ask. It'll be 
Two years, the 31st of March. Okay. Okay. So you've gotten a, a, a decent sense of living and pricing and all that kind of stuff. So, okay. Yes. yes. Uh, if you own a home, you get uh, tax benefits, you get the interest write-offs and, and a few other benefits they have. And, and you get to write off your property taxes, which are probably 10% what you're compared to in the States. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Since you live in Center City, I guess everything is near you, huh? Talk a little about that. Can you walk to a coffee shop or 10? <laughs> That's the best part of uh, living here. And if Gary had his way, we would live outside the wall and be stenary. Um, he'd like a little vineyard to attend to. That's, <laughs> But for me, growing up on Long Island in the suburbs, <clears throat> apartment living is something I never experienced. Yeah. So this is, other than when my my neighbors playing piano at 1130 at night. I'm enjoying this type of living. We go out and we'll go down the block. There's various cafes. We can have uh, cappuccino, Ooh. panini. Uh, we walk to almost everything. Or bike ride. Or bike ride. We'll walk down the main shopping street in Luca. It's called Via Falungo. And we'll see friends sitting, having an aperitif and join us. You know, wow. whatever. Life is so different. It's spontaneous. It's wonderful. We meet people all every day and you know, if we have a destination, we'll do it. But otherwise, we change our plans and enjoy friends. It's part of living in a cafe culture. I love and it. The it, cafe culture. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, there's only one thing that keeps me in the city center. Yeah. And that's the cafe culture. And that uh, is yeah. uh, being able to go out for coffee and a croissant in, in the oh, morning oh, or, I'm you know, dying. Uh, going out for a, an afternoon drink. Although I'd rather open up one of my wines and sit on my terrazzo now. Oh, <laughs> but <nice. laughs> yeah. you don't meet people back there as you do mm -hmm. on the street, but it's all part of the mystique and and living in a city like Luca. And you're always wow. out and about because you're you're always buying fresh fruits and vegetables. Maybe not daily. I think we do every other day, every yeah. three days. But mm -hmm. it, it's meeting people at the at the market, at the outdoor mercato, and oh, you know, carrying on a conversation. And a, oh. you have any? You busy? No. Okay, let's go <laughs> sit. It's very very relaxed. It's incredibly enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And I will say what has made it special here in Luca is the amount of expats that live within the wall. Yes, we're both learning Italian. It's very challenging. But sometimes it's just nice to speak English, find out a recommendation for a handyman or information that we share with each other as expats and help each other out. Yeah. So there's quite a few of us yeah. within the wall. It makes a difference for, for everyday living. Sure, sure. Now, the cafe culture, are they Starbucks prices? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Ooh, no. I like that answer. <laughs> a, a, a cappuccino and a, a, a crema croissant, okay? Will run you probably two dollars, a two euro and eighty cents. Oh, I think that's wow. you're, oh. or maybe that's high. That's high Whoa. because that's high. then there's also two prices. If you stand up and have your okay. cappuccino, oh. it's a different price than if you sit down at a table. Although for us, uh, we know the places that we go to so often, they give us the stand up price for the sit down wow. pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> but is isn't the 
Italian way to stand up, isn't that the? Uh... Yes, if you're if you're like stopping for a cafe before work, or yeah. you know, if you're running somewhere, absolutely, they down it and it's gone and they're gone. <laughs> you know, the dirty little dish is the only thing you really see because you miss them. But for us, we like to sit and you know, people yeah. watch yeah. and piazzas always got something going on. And uh-huh. to give you an idea, in, in your lead up, you talked about Luca having a population of eighty eight thousand. Uh, which according to the census here is about right. Inside the wall is there's the population is about 15,000. Ah, and wow. it's estimated that 10% of the population is English speaking expats. Wow. wow. Okay. So okay. You hear a lot of English on the streets here. In fact, my teacher says all the time to me, you have too many Americani friends. And I say, but ma, my Italian friends want to practice their Inglese. So ah, yeah. it's a problema. <laughs> <laughs> so so do a lot of the Italians there speak English? I would say in Luca, a good part of the people speak English. They may not come out and talk to you in English right away, but when you fumble with your Italian or you say sto in parando, I'm still learning, they'll they'll come out and say something like, Oh, my English is no so good. And then they start talking to you in English because they have nobody to practice with. Oh, so it's a benefit. A lot of hand gestures go along with (laughs) trying to explain what you want. It works. It just works. And so they think you're Italian anyway with the hands and, you know, right? (laughs) Exactly. Oh, very nice. Very nice. And and Gary, did you speak any Italian from family side? Okay. My family side spoke Sicilian. And that is a totally different different language than Italian. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I understand it, I think, easier than I understand Italian the Tuscan Italian or the Northern Italian, whatever it is they teach these days. But I still don't feel comfortable speaking it. I understand a lot of it. But to put my mind in a a mindset to answer the question that that I might be asked, I find myself answering it in English. So I'm working on on the Italian a little bit more than Gary. Yes. Really? Okay. Yes. Wow. (laughs) Well, because I think Gary feels naturally in it, I guess. I mean, if, if I'm correct, because if I'm in a foreign country, Uh, unless it's Asian, even though I don't speak that much Chinese or anything. um, I I just, I I guess I would just feel that it more inclined to be easier. I don't know. But when we were in Italy, you were really, we were married in Florence, by the way. Yeah. Um, Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When we were in Italy all those years ago, you were great and I was terrible. I'm half Italian, but I, and I have this big Italian nose and people would come up to me and speak Italian. I have no idea what they're talking about. Here in the state, people think I'm Jewish, but whatever. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny in Florence, Florence, there were quite a few uh, Asians. It's such a tourist city. Um, but, yes. But is is it diverse where you are in Luca? Yeah, we have a, a Asians living here. We have Africans living here. We have uh, Iranians living here. Hmm. Uh, oh, nice. Ukrainians Aust- now. Ukrainians now. Uh-huh. Australians, English. Yeah, okay. British. Um, so it's a nice it, mix. It's pretty diverse, I yeah. would think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Okay. One final question before we move on. Has it been easy making friends? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I assume you went there without knowing anyone. Correct. We did not know anyone. Uh, I will say that blogging has obviously opened up many doors for us because people are always coming because of the blog or have read one of our books. And But the first couple we met here was when I posted about we've arrived in Luca, you know, see you in the piazzas, what I something to that effect. (laughs) Uh And the gentleman told his wife, 
life. Get in touch with this couple. They're here in Luca. Let's meet them. Wow. Because they were American also, and they decided to live in Italy. Okay. And so they live right on the main street here. It was through them. They were the first couple we met, and they're near and dear, our good friends to this day. Wow. Great. Completely clicked. They're from Virginia. And again, friends that we've met through them, Uh friends that they've made through people we know, Right. uh, the circle just keeps growing. And I I will say that's the best part of our journey is the people we have met along the way. The blog and both our books have opened up friendships to us that maybe perhaps we would not have had. And people we meet because of it and people we still keep in contact today, there's uh, several couples that um, we met two years ago. They came back last year. They came back again this year and they always want to meet and we're always willing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Maybe we'll go to Luca for a couple of months. <laughs> we'll have to find you and you'll have to recommend some short-term apartments, like maybe three months or so. Absolutely. <laughs> so you live in the center city. I assume you don't have a car. Is that right? No. Not at this time. We're not, still... not at this moment. We're working on it. Do you need a car? Not really. <laughs> Gary will it, say it yes. Dep- it depends on, you know, do you need a car? No, really, you don't. What would you need a car for if you want to visit small towns that do not have a train coming through or do not have adequate bus service? Do you want to go to vineyards and taste some wine? <laughs> Last I checked, no go. train goes into some of the vineyards I like. Uh, it always nice. comes down to that for Gary, by the way. Well, I'm living in the wine capital of the world. Uh, Why yeah. wouldn't you come down? <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> but we love taking the train. That is our preferred yes. method of transportation. So okay. to give you an example, we love Florence. It is an hour and 20 minutes by train. Wow. And so we could go, you know, like tomorrow. You want to go to Florence? Okay. So we we go for the day. Wow. Via Reggio, the opposite uh, direction is a beach town and it is 20 minutes by train. Oh, oh wow. Once wow. we get to Via Reggio, we can go up and down the coast. So we can go down to Rome. We can go up to Cinque Terre. This train line is quite amazing. We we really love the convenience of the train line on Luca. Do you buy a monthly pass or how, how much is that? You can. You can. There's, there's a couple of programs you can do. We buy our ticket at the station that day oh, and, okay. and just go. Okay. You know, it's just one of those things. How much is a ticket to Florence? Uh, about $8.10. Eight euro. Eight euro and 10 cents. Yeah. Round yeah. trip or, wow. or one way? No, one way. Okay. Nice. So yeah. it's like 1620. You can walk to the train from where you live? Yes. Yes. Oh, we got it. Oh, they're in the city. um, We're towards the north end uh, inside the wall. Mm -hmm. And the train station is obviously the south end. So it takes about 15 minutes, 20 minute walk. Yeah, it's it's, uh, 820 meters to the train. They measure everything in meters here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So so it's convenient. Okay. That's close. Yeah. Yeah. They're very nice. Let's move on to healthcare. How do you find healthcare there? I love it. Love it. And you use, I the, love it. You use the government health care? Uh, yes, because we are citizens, mm-hmm. uh, we found out that health care for us is free. Ah. Plus, we're both seniors, so that, that helps the situation. I can't believe that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what age is a senior there? It's 62 or 65, okay. depending on who you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess you have to show documentation, right, in order to sign up for the insurance. Yes, yes you do. They don't deny 
deny you. It's mm-hmm. just basically, if you're still working, you're going to participate in paying something into the medical system. Mm-hmm. If you're retired, you're not going to pay anything into the medical system. Wow. Wow. Nothing. And it, it takes a little getting used to. You know, I'm not used to emailing or messaging my doctor saying, I need a refill of my prescription and getting a message back saying, oh, pick it up at the drugstore at four o'clock <laughs> or <laughs> nice. at four o'clock. Wow. Okay. okay. So with, that's how we contact our doctor. And actually our, our uh, current doctor just retired. So we found a new one and met her yesterday. A uh, requirement for us is that they do speak English. To me, that's a real important sure. part yeah. of it. I want to make sure. Right. And she was lovely. We, we very much going to stay with her. And um, she prefers to be contacted by email. email yes. So she checks her email every day. She has certain hours. She's at her office. We sat with her yesterday, I don't know, 45 minutes, met her, got our new prescriptions. We'll see you in three months if you, if you, something changes. It's, it's just so different. So she's a primary care physician. Yes. 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 She also happens to be a surgeon. Oh, Ah. nice. Nice. And is the hospital near you? We have two of them near us. And they're designated as the old hospital and the new hospital. <laughs> oh, okay. But they're, uh, one is just outside the wall, and the other one is maybe 10, 15 minutes outside the wall. But we've bicycled to, to both places yes. when we needed to get vaccination and yeah. some blood work done. And now, I've had cataract surgery here okay. uh, through the system. And, you know, unfortunately, it was during COVID, Mm. uh, just as COVID was waning. So they still were only letting X amount of people a day for certain ailments. Mm. So it took from start to to finish for my cataract operation. uh, The day I was diagnosed to the day it was removed was six months. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah. And And in between, I saw two doctors. Oh, oh, nice, wow. nice. And and are there specialists if you need, or do you have to go out of town or what? No, you, there are specialists. I could have had a doctor in the system check my eye out for my cataract. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it cost me anything? Wow. I went to a doctor outside the system because I was told he's the best surgeon. Mm-hmm. So it cost me 120 euro for my examination. Good. And that was it. Everything wow. else was was on the, the medical coverage. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. So if you have something, I guess, unfortunately, like just pop up in an emergency, are there ambulances? Yes. Even in the city center, they have an ambulance. And the kicker is the ambulance doesn't cost you anything. Wow. Oh, wow. It's right, part normally. of the medical service. Okay. I was just going to ask that question. Very wow. good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. In New York, yeah, they're, they're just talking about raising the cost of, of um, ambulances. People separate, aren't happy about it. <laughs> separate high fee. Yeah. When you were looking for a doctor, did you ask your friends for recommendations? Or is do you use Facebook, by the way? Because we often hear guests saying we have, we have a Facebook group. A, a lot of our guests actually go through Facebook with their unique groups, for example, Facebook or, Italy or Facebook Sicily or, group. Or, or expats in Luca, is it yeah. something like that? Yeah. There's yeah. lots of, of groups here. Friendly people in Luca, lost in Luca, <laughs> um, ladies of Luca. Oh, wow. uh, but yes, okay. what we did is when we found out our doctor was retiring, we asked uh, several of our friends oh. and they gave us some information. Now with doctors here, you, you don't pay for the doctor visit. 
it. So what happens is a doctor gets paid by by the state and they're only allowed to have a certain amount of patients. Oh, Once wow. they reach that number, they cannot take any more patients. So uh, we were given two names. And when we checked, they both had reached their, their quota, so to speak. And so one of the doctors gave us our current doctor's name as a recommendation. Oh, okay. But uh, we do. We share that information through the expat group for that. Yeah, we, okay. we also have a group we meet with on Monday. Uh, called English Monday, where it's all <laughs> expats that want to, or Italians that want to speak English. That's fine. Yeah. You know, we don't segregate. Right, we take right. everybody and anybody. <laughs> um, and you're sitting there and you'll say, hey, you know, I, I need a good handyman. Does anybody know of a handyman? Oh, yeah. You know, you, we have Neil. So yeah. you'll call Neil and, and make an oh. appointment to see Neil. Or how do I um, renew my passport? You know, well, that'll come up in a conversation. Yeah. And sure. we, we share information because it's just easier that yeah. way, obviously. If right. somebody's done it, then everybody else is going to benefit from it. Okay. So what about if you're not a citizen? If you just if you're on some kind of visa, are you entitled to the uh, medical insurance of the of the government? You can buy into the medical insurance. It's pennies on a dollar. Uh, uh, they go by whatever and and here's the funny part. They go by whatever income you tell them you have. Okay? <laughs> they're not going to check it. They're not going to check it because what? the right hand never tells the left hand what it's doing in Italy. <laughs> and if you say I make a thousand euros, Euro a month, they're going to say 12,000 euro times 7.075%. That's what your medical bill is going to be <laughs> to participate in the health insurance. Really? Now, they don't check? No. Now, if you're here a short period of time uh, and you don't buy into the system, don't worry because medical does not cost anything near what it does in the States. Okay. You're probably looking at 10% of what you would be charged in the States for a procedure. Most oh, oh. of our friends are not Italian citizens. We have a handful that are dual citizens like us, but most most of them are here on a permesso soggiorno, which is permission to stay. And they have to renew that every year at the Cuesta. Is it for seven or 10 years? Five years in a row and then three or five years after. Okay. So it's, I mean, there's a procedure, but most of our friends have to do it that way. And it doesn't seem that difficult or, mm -hmm. well, you know, we hear a lot and we experienced it ourselves when we were getting married, the uh, bureaucracy and the paperwork. Do you, you don't think that's the case in Luca or, or is that unique? I see oh. Gary oh, laughing. It's, it's the case everywhere in okay. Italia. <laughs> okay. 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 This is, this is bureaucracy at its finest. You, okay. <laughs> when you yeah. arrive in Luca and you start to understand the patience that you need to to obtain, to do anything, to to get Wi-Fi into your house. It's just, they call it piano, piano. Patience, it'll take time. It'll little take, by little. Little by little. Yeah, I just want to say, we, we always tell people, um, if they go on a short trip or, or a few weeks or a month to another country such as Italy, you should buy travel health insurance. You never know what's going to happen. The only problem with that, and over here they call it expat insurance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the only problem with that is the premium you're going to 
would be charged on for a monthly basis, uh-huh. okay, is usually more than what you're gonna they're gonna you're gonna get charged if you break an arm or break a leg or have to be rushed to the hospital. That's how little insurance. That's how little hospitalization and medical care costs here. Wow. This system is not for profit. This system is for the patient. Absolutely. That's great. Such yeah. A caring. All right. But um, I would never deter anybody that wants to get insurance. No. <laughs> of course. Of I mean, course. That's a personal decision for sure. sure. Gene, actually, he went to Iceland with our son. They were on this uh, ski mobile. And of course, snowmobile. Snowmobile. (laughs) He broke his arm. My son was driving and he flipped the snowmobile and I broke my arm. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, but that was crazy. I get this on uh, WhatsApp that he's going to the hospital. But the bus driver that, first of all, the bus driver took him, the same guy that drove them out there, right, from the tour. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And he said, oh, we're going to stop and pick up some other people. No, no, he's... He dropped off everybody else before he took me to the hospital. Well, all right. So he dropped <laughs> off everyone else. Can you imagine? I mean, if this was New York, forget it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to stop here, here, and here. It's okay. Just hold your arm up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you talk to us about seeking citizenship for a second? I mean, I know through blood, so it's easier. But if you're not related, Gary, <laughs> how long did it take for you to achieve citizenship? Three, well, after we applied, it was nine days short of three years before it was approved. Oh, I hear that. That's because we uh, lived in Arizona and we had to go through the Los Angeles consulate, which happens to be the busiest in the United Uh, States. Wow. And it takes uh, in New Mexico, uh, Arizona, Southern California, Nevada. Utah. Utah. So they are one of the busiest consulates. So the the process is brutal uh, for anyone. It is easier in other areas of the United States. We've heard amazing stories of people getting it within six months. Wow. But we had a, the roller coaster of our lives waiting for that citizenship to be approved. So, there were so- months that we didn't hear anything. It no, there was, were years we didn't hear anything. Okay. It was wow. like a, our paperwork was lost in this black hole and we had n- nothing we could do about it. Okay. So, and you had strong documentation, right? You didn't have to like really search for anything to prove your your relations. My, my documentation was good. I had to amend three papers, simple amendments. It teaches you what it's going to be like once you live here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> It's okay. a learning experience. Sure, sure. Look at it that way and you'll find. <laughs> okay. But three years seems seems short compared to the woman we interviewed from who moved to Sicily. Yeah, but that was because she had, that's a really long okay. story. But it took her eight she, years, I think. But she, she found through various means of her kind of like a lost uncle or cousin. It took them 10 years. She went through, through a major process just... <laughs> Just finding the blood connection. Mm-hmm. It was not easy, you know, and that that's very different. It's like me trying to go to China to find, you know, my grandmother who who left my mother when she was seven. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good luck with that. But she's very happy, Gary. And she has a little farmhouse in Sicily. Thanks, Dean. What's her name? Palermo is the last name. Yeah, Barbara oh. Palermo. But she doesn't live in Palermo. Speaking of, how's the pizza? Ah, 
we make our own in our own pizza oven, but when we go out, it's just amazing here. We have our favorite places, but even if we were hungry and just wanted a a slice while we were shopping, the worst pizza here is still better than any pizza I had in the States. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Oh, wow. Interesting. Gil's dream, and she she said this on many episodes, is to be able to live somewhere and be able to go to restaurants inexpensive restaurant eat out all the time that's what he's trying to say uh, are there inexpensive restaurants that are good there yes for sure short answer definitely yes okay, okay. so i can have all my meals without worrying <laughs> about cooking right all your meals huh mm-hmm. <laughs> okay i yep. mean affordably and are you are, are you regulars in any coffee shops or restaurants oh yes <laughs> <laughs> and we also have our our favorite bar, uh, which is just around down the street, and uh, six hundred and thirty steps away. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice county. And so that the bar is Vinarkia, and I call it my Cheers because you walk in and everybody. Yeah, Gary, <laughs> Elena. Oh, it's, I love it's it. It's our cheers. We want to be. Uh, we want to be regulars. That's all we always achieve. And the the bar. Can you get like a calzone in the bar? They have food. Well, sure. Ma, uh, no, Mama they doesn't have... cook calzones. No, but you do get food. He yes. said. Ah, so ah. not only is this place great for wine and cocktails. Uh, Nicola is a mixologist. Ooh. But Mama Rebecca's Mama is in the kitchen. They don't have just bar food. They have a step of above bar food so we can walk in there even without a reservation we'll find you a table you know our other restaurant pasquale he's quite known in luca see him shopping in the grocery store our bar our uh, cafes our bars cappuccino yep typically it's punta zero for coffee and croissant it's Vinarkia for drinks and small food. It's Pasquale's for a sit-down meal uh, and very good wine. He's a sommelier. Uh, he oh. was a sommelier on cruise ships for 20 wow. years. Wow. He, you know, and he's become a very close friend and a very dear friend, as has Rebecca and Nicola in Vinarkia. So we have our favorites, by all means. But there are so many good restaurants here and good bars and, and you know, they, they call cafe shops, coffee shops, bars here. Right. And they don't now, rush you out. Like you could sit there with the laptop for hours. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very the, the, nice. the, the, the theory here in Italy is when you sit down, you bought the table. So you could sit there for three, four hours and nobody's going to try to turn the table. Now, if you come in, eat and leave in an hour and a half, yes, they will turn the table. But, but they don't count on it. That's not the yeah. atmosphere. No, nobody's bringing you your check and say you can pay when you're ready. Wow. In other words, get out. In fact, right. sometimes it's difficult <laughs> to get the check. Yes. Yeah. It, and there's enough room for, you know, seating um, for everyone? That, well, right now, um, most of the tables are inside dining because it's it's still chilly out in the evening okay. unless they have heaters. They know that they only have certain amount of tables and certain amount of uh, meals every night. And, and they're happy with that. Wow. So do you feel pressured to like keep buying food while you're there? No, not at all. No. I mean, we'll, okay. we'll sometimes have a wine and then order something to eat, whether it's appetizers, appetizers or, yeah. or yeah. a soup or something. When we're long done, we will sit there for good another 
hour or two or wow depending on whose company we're in we could sit there all night and talk yeah 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 Yeah. you know we keep hearing this from our international guests for the most part you know in europe and i find that still so shocking i mean i believe it and we've seen Mm -hmm. some of it i am so tired of people coming up to you and saying would you like your check right? Because they certainly want to turn that table over. So you you have to know which places to go. Even if you mm-hmm. want a relaxed meal, I'm not even talking about doing any work at a coffee shop, just a relaxed meal, you feel rushed. And that's something that uh, I'm not going to miss when we leave. <laughs> no. no. And you will never find that here. Inevitably, I think every single time we have to ask for the check. All right, let's move on to if you wanted to get out of Italy for a little while, how far is the airport? And is is it an international airport? Pisa has an international airport. It's 30 minutes by train and tram to get into the terminal building. Uh, And it's not a main hub, but there's connections to London, to Frankfurt, to, you know, where the, the main hubs are. To fly to the United States, it's either Pisa to London Heathrow to your destination, or it's Pisa to Frankfurt to whatever your destination. It's pretty easy to do. If we don't use Pisa, then we can use Florence. One of our friends just came in from France. He couldn't get a flight into Pisa and couldn't get one into Florence. So they he went to Bologna. From Luca to Bologna, it was two hours for his wife to oh. pick him up. Close enough. Not but bad, Florence yeah. is is another good airport. Yeah. You know, and if you want the main main airports, you have Milan, which is three and a half hours away by train, or you have Rome, which is three and a half or Going so south. hours. And then you're in a main sure, or true international. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. When you were talking about moving to Italy, did your family members think you were crazy? <laughs> we're giggling. <laughs> <laughs> the family members knew this was in our hearts for a long time. But our friends, on the other hand, I don't think they believed it until the last minute. They kept thinking, wow. you're yeah. really not doing this. You're you're going permanently? Well, well, the question our friends asked were, how can you leave your four children and nine grandchildren behind? Wow. Ah. Well, yeah, that was different. It is different. And that's it, it, it very much is. Things like... Uh, what WhatsApp? Oh, oh FaceTime. FaceTime. It, it makes it less stressful. It really does. And are so, your yes. kids? Mm-hmm, are your kids all over the U.S. or where are they concentrated? So they, somewhere? It used to be easier to visit because they were all in Phoenix. Now okay. they're in Peoria, which is a outskirt of Phoenix, mm-hmm. Southern Colorado, and in Las Vegas. At least they're all in the Southwest, generally right. speaking. Yeah. Right. So we plan to go back for two months this winter, determined to get out of this cold and get back. We're going to enjoy two months back and reconnect with our, our grandchildren that we... That, that's yeah. the hardest part yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a lot of people visiting you? Well, I know COVID must have made that tough, but otherwise... It, it did make it tough. We have had people come because of the book and the blog. The only family members really that have visited uh, is our youngest daughter and her boyfriend, but they're travelers. So uh, for them to come for a week or let's you know meet in Barcelona for a week, they're the, the travelers of the family. Our other children all have young children. Uh. 
So for them to come, it would be plane ticket for four, five, or six. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, So more and hotels and hotels, right? Are are there reasonably priced hotels nearby that Uh, are nice? There are a lot of B and B Airbnbs and VRBOs here in in the Centro. But we have had some friends come and we enjoy every moment when they come. Mm -hmm. So they come and stay in Lucca for a little bit and then they'll go to other parts of Italy. We try and catch up with them whenever we can. But yeah, it's it's nice to have people come visit. Do family members ask, are you going forever? I mean, are you are you just going for a long vacation or, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm so curious how people react to this. Well, they know we signed a three plus two contract, so right. they know we're here for definitely five years. Right. This is home. Um, Italy wow. feels like home for me. Yeah. I don't know that I consider the United States home anymore. Wow. And you've only been there two years. Yeah. I, yes. I think in our minds, we've been here longer, you know, the, the lead up. I mean, we started this journey of getting citizenship back in 2014. Oh, that's true. Collecting the paperwork, doing everything we had to do. So it's always been in our minds right. that Italy one day will be home. Uh, we went back this past August for my daughter's birthday. I won't mention the number because she'd probably <laughs> kill me. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it was a major. We just didn't have that feel being there that we used to have being there, if you know That's what I mean. So it was a yeah. concern of mine enough that uh, I think I wrote about it in When Your Heart Finds Its Home. We had to return for this birthday. I was concerned. Am I going to feel like I'm going home? I, I I really had a concern about it. I was pleasantly surprised. I really was. And where we felt like we were home was when the train pulled into Luca. Wow. We looked at each other and said, you know, we looked at the wall because the wall is awe-inspiring. Yeah. Uh, we looked at the wall and said, now we're home. That's so interesting. Interesting, Because I get that feeling when we're flying into JFK and I just am calmer. And then once we hit the BQE in, in our area, <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like, no, 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 no. I mean, for me, once I get into, we're in Bay Ridge. So once we get into Bay Ridge, my anxiety just kind of dissipates. And that's so interesting because you haven't been there. That I, I know in your mind, you've been planning, planning. And I guess that really changes you psychologically and preps you. So interesting. I just want to remind everybody, our guests are Eileen and Gary Modica. They have a great blog called OurItalianJourney.com, and they've written two books, Our Italian Journey, and the second is When Your Heart Finds Its Home. And so when you write the blog and you wrote the books, you think that helped your journey, the easier way into living in Italy? The first book we wrote again while traveling in 2019. Mm -hmm. I think the experiences of traveling to the different cities we travel to and the different provinces we travel to help cement that. And that's because of the people. We met nothing but beautiful people along the way. That no matter whether we were in Puglia or in in Tuscany or uh, we we felt like we were home. The people made us feel that way. And people we still contact or still keep in contact with today. People that we rented an Airbnb from in Puglia, two families in Arezzo. You know, we leave these little breadcrumbs everywhere. It's touched our hearts. The second book, we really, we had no 
thought of writing, but quite a few people mentioned, well, did you find your perfect Italian town? If they're not <laughs> yeah. blog followers, you know, well, yeah, where yeah. are you? Right. And I had to convince Gary, do you have another book in you? And so, <laughs> But when your heart finds its home is a continuation of our Italian journey, but it can stand alone because it is about that feeling and the experiences of traveling still through Italy, but finding Luca as that base, that center for us. So as of today, you'll be living out your lives in Luca or Italy. So guys, we know that we've taken a lot of your valuable time. You're two of the nicest people we've met. Any words of wisdom for our listeners who, who wish to do this or any important practical steps we may have left out for those who, you know, wish to follow you? I'll start by saying, I think everyone should follow their dream. Follow your heart. If, if so many people say, oh, I couldn't do what you do, couldn't do what you did. And yes, you can. If it's what your heart is speaking to you, don't worry about all the obstacles that are in the way. There's always a way. So follow your heart and create your own journey, no matter what that would be. It doesn't have to be Italy. Follow your heart and find out what speaks to you and make sure you do it because life is too short. No, I never wanted to be one for regrets. And I can say I have only maybe a couple. I guess we all do. But this wasn't an easy move, but it was the right move for us. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I would say don't write the bucket list, live the bucket list. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great answer. Writing the bucket list, you're just thinking about it. Living it, you're doing it. Oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't make a list, just go. There's your next book, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) You want to drive me to an early grave, don't you? Yeah, Yeah, oh my goodness, it's so difficult writing books. I can't imagine. But you're both into it, which is wonderful. You know, you can't really distinguish who's doing the writing. And I mean, other than Eileen explaining earlier that the blog is... It's a full-time job. I mean, it, it like the podcast. Every week, there is stuff that we've got to do. But it keeps you going, I think. And it's challenging intellectually. I think it helps all the parts of the brain. Well, the blogging part, like I said, for us is um, the benefit of meeting people, especially March and April. We have more people coming Again, would like to meet us. We're going to be stopping by in Luca. Are you available? We'd like to buy you a cup of coffee or yeah. can we have dinner? It's these friendships that have really yeah. become special to us. Yeah. And yeah, as definitely. just the added bonus of this journey. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Thank, thank you so All right. much. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been beautiful meeting both of you and we'll stay and, in touch. And, to and, and likewise. See. Yes. Okay. Great. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Absolutely. Okay, bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com, and you may follow us on Twitter at retire there underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. <laughs>